So hello and welcome to another episode of A Spoonful of Recovery. Today we have Amina, who will be talking about raising awareness around hidden disabilities. Just a trigger warning, we will be going through mental health, symptoms of invisible illnesses, and unfortunately the loss of life. So if you'd like to just introduce yourself. Hi everyone, um, I'm Amina Ahmed, 25 as a master's student and from the last nine almost 10 months have been myself and my family we've been trying to raise as much as awareness as we can on behalf of my late sister Sarah. So in your own words can you just describe what happened? Uh, so basically from 2019 at the end of it I think Sarah spent at least five six days in hospital but nothing was really done in terms of treatment um, I think she was diagnosed with colitis from that point and EDS was diagnosed at a much earlier age but the term kept changing throughout her ages as they was unsure initially then eventually she got classed as someone who has EDS so the last uh, year and a half it's been really on and off for her um, in terms of getting any forms of treatment she's been in hospital in and out um, trying to explain her condition the people despite they've seen her a lot because she had to go quite often to the hospital um, it was really hard to kind of um, get the attention she needed and um, her has like she herself she would reach out to doctors as well um, and the wait was just far too long and it came to a point where like she was like pretty much bed bound almost every day and I think just before her passing I think my dad realized that her like skin color was changing um, it was like turning quite yellowish where from Carlisle so we went to the Carlisle hospital then um, she was talking then but we had to transfer to Newcastle then after that she lost her senses and like I think four or five days went on um, which eventually led to her passing I think the purpose what we're doing was like the struggle um of Sarah's journey is it's hard to describe to people because it's really rare how like someone can be neglected that badly and there was like one point where we were told that we like were allowed to see her so we drove 52 miles to Newcastle and then we're told that the outside the ward were not allowed oh, no. so it's, it's just a lot like stuff like that a lot went wrong even in the procedure uh, where she had to go for checks while she was like she wasn't conscious, despite they know they had a she had a disability, they left like a like a stiff board on her back for a, a number of hours, despite they know that she had this condition. So yeah, it's just from that journey we've managed to spread a lot on TikTok, and we're just we've created like a foundation on behalf of her name, and hopefully we can just try and get it as big as we can through the right people yeah and yeah and proxy to you and your family for doing that and I'm so sorry yeah. to hear about what happened to your sister no one should have to go through that for people who don't understand the condition can you just explain what some of their symptoms were yeah so from what I saw um she was really like flexible in terms of her like movement she could bend like her thumb literally right back to her wrist like she was really fragile you can like from the outside it looks like she's like 
I don't know what people class as normal, but um, you can tell even with how she's like walking and stuff, you can tell it's a bit uh, of a struggle. Um, she was really like fragile in general. Even if she like fell, there would be like a like a large bruise or like just something minor would be something huge to her. And luckily, from a young age, we kind of understood how to be around her. I think the difficult part was um, how like others outside our circle um, would be around her, because everyone like through friends that she met, everyone would be all like happy and fine, but it was just hard for like Sarah to see how like they can do like whatever they want. And it's hard for people to uh, understand Sarah herself and why, like how she, like she has to be treated and why. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And I can, I can definitely relate to that because I hid my illness for a very long time. Cause yeah, yeah. from being very active to being bed bound. Yeah. And yeah. no one could explain to me what was wrong. So I couldn't explain to everyone else. And I was just being yeah. told, go go home and be happy. Or yeah. the staff at A&E would laugh at me and say, there's nothing wrong. Just go home. Stop making yeah. it up. So I was like, yeah. I'm not making this up. So I found yeah. it hard to explain it to others. How did you explain it to others or Sarah herself? I think like with my family members, it was a different story. But with um, her school and stuff, it was explained like quite well by my mum. So they all understood what kind of needs and attention she needs. It was just like hard to make um, friends for her through that, despite like our cousins on our like dad's side, they've known her like with her condition from young, even like Dave wasn't as helpful. I think... Um, no one would want to like everyone would speak to her when she's all right or if it's about them but if she's like having any forms of pain they'll just say um like go pray or um inshallah inshallah everything will get better yeah then it just kind of shuts her off then um it's came to a point now where we don't even speak to them anymore we just like cut them off after that because yeah. um like the, the, the it's that's only like half of the like even more drama happened after that so yeah yeah it's just better to just to stay away from all that now yeah I can definitely relate I mean I pray five times a day and I got told well you must not be yeah. praying hard enough and I was like no one's immune from a long-term condition like, it doesn't mean that I'm being yeah exactly but I was being led to that path that you're just not yeah. you're doing something wrong and I was like no but there's something wrong so how do you think as we're both South Asian there's a lot of stigma around invisible illnesses like I've already been told there's no way you're going to get married because you've got something wrong with you what kind of stigma did your sister and your your family face I think the culture we're in everything's like put on like the act of God so so you know the Umrah in uh, Saudi yeah Sarah Sarah did that as well so she done quite a lot of like Islamic stuff. Yeah, half these people who would judge you, they're on like just they're on the phones or it's really hard to it's it's difficult to kind of project the message because like looking back at it now I'm like thinking like because it was recent news that she passed away, is that why it's blown up? When you like when we're we're constantly putting like content to spread more awareness, 
we just feel like less people are getting interested on TikTok. Um, I think that might be just my view. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like puts you down sometimes because we have like videos which do well. Um, then after that, it doesn't do as well. Then yeah, it just makes me question all sorts. Yeah, in terms of like trying to bring it like more known in the Asian cultures, um, it's, I feel like we have to keep like doing what we're doing now because um, it's becoming like more recognized by a very slow rate. Because yeah. um, my youngest brother, he has autism, and now that's becoming more recognizable in like Bangladesh. So I feel like just with steady growth, um, it will like be like like be more recognizable, and more people hopefully should be educated to a point in how to kind of like react to like a situation. I can definitely relate to that. Some of my videos of my hair and hair yeah. tutorials get thousands of views. And then yeah. when I talk about nearly dying, it's like, oh, you've already done that now. But then I get messages randomly going, oh, I've been following you and I heard this and, oh, my God, I've learned about FND. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So sometimes it's just like planting the seed. Yeah, yeah. And then after yeah. a while, people are like, oh, yeah, you were ill and stuff. And sometimes my mum's like, Shayla, random people are asking me about your illness and they've seen it on TikTok. And I was like, where's getting out there? It's obviously social media, which can have, you know, play its part and stuff whether it's in yeah. the South Asian culture or just representation in the media, what else do you think could be done to raise awareness about invisible illnesses? Well, um, in November, we did an event just to introduce our foundation uh, where we just gather uh, people like of different backgrounds to kind of support us and kind of like present our message to them. From looking back at it, a lesson I've learned is if we did a future one, I'd kind of want to like have like people who have hidden disabilities to attend because I feel that's the audience we should be like aiming for then together we can kind of grow because in the previous event we had like the mayor's mayor and people of different backgrounds of our area it's nice but in terms of getting to the next level um, like reaching out to other people on social media with like, hidden disabilities will like, allow us to grow because I've managed to like connect with a few people who have like big uh, followings. If we manage just to do like a like a nice event, I think by on April it'll be one year since um, Sarah passed. So we're hoping to do form of event at that point to kind of like bring a lot of people together and spread more and kind of build more. Because our long term goal is um, do you know like Francis House in Southport it was like this like center where like like people of like dis disabilities background can like go yeah it's like we'd want something like that in like our area because there's absolutely nothing like no facilities for anyone with disabilities in like our area it's like lacking a lot so in terms of what we would plan long term is to kind of like introduce like various like sites where people like with disabilities can come just to like interact with others because we've seen like myself and my mum we run like Sarah's account now and we've like get a lot of messages from like different types of people there's like a lot of people who are like bed bound and get to me a lot then I feel like well, like what can I do um at most to kind of help them because it's not like I can just meet them because they're bed bound <laughs> so I'd, I'd 
long term I'd want to do as much as I can to help the right people I think that's the message I have that's amazing and yeah props to you and your mum for that um I know I definitely reached out to people on social media because I reached out to my friends and family yeah, yeah but they said you're fine so get up <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. you're not yeah. fine or like yeah. I got told to go to a psych ward I got told to just be happy drink orange juice go to sleep earlier and I was like I'm dropping on the floor why is no one getting this and on my tiktok i put the quotes like someone told me to do this have turmeric latte and it ends up being so disrespectful because you're like i just can't talk to those people anymore or i just got ghosts because when you're the ill one it's oh i don't really want to cope with you but definitely social media helped me because i found other people who are bed bound and even though i've started to make a bit of a recovery when I'm bed bound and I see people going out for walks that I used to do all the time I'm like oh, I yeah. can't do that and I have a bit of a pity party but it's always good to connect with others as well definitely because um you just get like different my like, insights of people as well as like perspectives because I think um like most of like our lives we spent time focusing on the wrong people then I just like got like a perception of like the world where like everyone's like bad but like recently I'm just like got like a mindset well if I focus on the right people then will like help me get to where I need to be well 100%. yeah it t- takes a, it takes a long time to realize that though oh and I thought I had like I was working for the big four I had my own business yeah. when anyone needed help in tech you know I was that person or I used to deliver loads of presentations and then when you're it's your time of need or you're at crisis point your connections seem to fade away yeah <laughs> yeah exactly Instagram and I'm just like I ended up bringing Samaritans for four months every day when I tell people now it's like oh but why didn't you ring me I'm like I did I did try to reach out and did have a pity party when yeah. I was around, I was like, no one's understanding me. My life has changed. I, I felt like a victim. And then I started to advocate and it gave me a purpose yeah. again. Whereas before yeah. it was like, man, I just focused on the wrong people, the wrong things. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Job status. Now I'm just like accepting that sometimes I can't get out of bed and it's going to yeah. be okay, regardless yeah. of what people say. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like with the right people, you'll probably just get that little lift what you wouldn't get off other people. Yeah, I think it draws you to the right people. And I also lack energy. So I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to say no to that coffee because I can't fight, salvage this relationship. So <laughs> I'm save it and stay yeah. laid down on the floor with a book because it makes me happy. Yeah. What else do you think can be done? So Prior to your sister being diagnosed, Sarah, with invisible illnesses, did you know much about invisible illnesses? And what do you think can be done to those people who just don't understand? Because I feel like I understand the illnesses more because I live it. There's going to be a lot of people who just think, well, fatigue is tired. I get tired all the time. They may just be very ignorant. I certainly was because... I've grown up in a very healthy family. I've been healthy all my life and then I'm dropping on the floor and I think I've got epilepsy and I'm dying. What do you think can be done 
to convey the message to those who just simply don't get it? It's really tricky because it's like, it's either it'll do really well or you'll end up looking like the bad guy. So it's, it's really like tricky how like to kind of present it because um, at the same time, when you say stuff, you'll kind of get a response which you don't like, which will kind of put you down as well. I think that happened a lot with Sarah. Um, so when Sarah would like go on how she's like tired, like the girls who were the similar to her age who are cousins then they'd like say yeah like we're tired from like this and that but yeah. they're just like they're not, they're not even working they just sat in the rooms all day so um <laughs> yeah it's just it's, it's really tricky um in terms of like yeah like you said when you live in uh, like with a condition you kind of have to learn about it because you're going through it kind of presenting that it's, it is difficult because um, I feel like it's kind of same like for me because I've seen it within my sister and my youngest brother because I know more about autism than I do about EDS because like I've seen it then I have to learn it. Yeah, so in terms of trying to like spread the message, it's um, kind kind of need to just really explain in a very simple way in in what symptoms can happen. And at the same time, we've got to expect um, like silly comments. I literally watched um, a video on autism about like half an hour ago. It's showing like symptoms. Then like there's a lot of comments like saying it seems normal to me, um, stuff like that. So at the same time, whatever message you put out, we kind of got to expect at the same time, there are going to be people who's just going to like say ridiculous stuff, but to them that seems normal because they haven't seen anything like that but yeah I just feel like we just need to keep like a consistency in what we're trying to do and with the right people it'll definitely should like raise more awareness in terms of like projects what we intend to do in future we'll be able to manage to do that yeah definitely and I know I've had so many like comments on TikTok like one guy said stop talking about it now we've heard it and I was yeah. like, no, because yeah, I know exactly. it. You can yeah. follow me. It's fine because I'm not going to stop. And he was just like really offended. And I'm like, why are you so triggered? Like, I'm not making it up. Exactly. Then at the same time, like, what, like, if they're not interested in the like the video, why are they watching it? But they'll go out of their way to yeah. like give like a cheeky comment. I'm like, I so. may have a brain condition, but I think you yeah. need help as well. <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah and another thing I wanted to touch upon is mental health as well people with invisible and chronic conditions tend to mentally not deal with certain things very well or you know your life's just been turned around when you're being told to go be happy and it can be very disheartening I don't know anyone who's got a long-term condition who was like yep gonna get get up and fight it there was a period where they struggled mentally what have your experiences been with that with your sister um and you know did sarah go through certain things yeah so i'm kind of glad you asked that thing is you know in today mental health is massive um whenever people open up about it like it'll just blow up like crazy what people don't understand is mental health is part of someone living with a disability so mental health comes as well as that so yeah. it's, it's impossible to explain to these people yet if one person like says um 
like I've been off drugs or alcohol, um, he'll get so much like praise. Whereas if someone with a disability will do it, they might not get the same impact. Yeah. But there's a bit of like confusion in terms of um, how mental health is like perceived by the audience. I just feel like they just want to stick with like, um, like whatever's simple. Yeah. Um, but in terms of Sarah's experience, it's pretty much been like a mental health roller coaster. Because from a young age, we knew that like, me and my parents would, uh, we would recently talk. She was quite like clumsy, not in a bad sense. She'd kind of like fall a lot, but it was it, looking back at it, it was, it was related to her like condition. Like she'd like she was really active as a kid. She'd like to run with us and stuff, but then she'd like like she she was very like prone to like fall. It's just as the age went on, it was getting harder because at the age of thirteen, she had an operation because her spine was had like a 97 degree curvature so she had the the first operation so as a teen thus like even I couldn't imagine what she was going through mm. then the year after she had to redo it because I think one of the screws uh, was a bit loose so she had to have back-to-back operation and back-to-back years and mm. um, that's all that's before even 16 and missing like a year and a half worth of school then somehow she managed to get better GCSEs out of everyone else in the family. So, yeah, so you can tell she wanted to do a lot. She was, like, really academically gifted. Now, unfortunately, there was, like, so many ways of, like, trying, like, setbacks for her. Um, but she, like, kept going just for us. Um, you can tell what she wanted to do because she wanted to do, like, similar stuff. Like, she wanted to, like, spread the awareness herself Obviously, it's, um, if we had her with us today, it would have uh, probably spread more, who, who knows? But we're doing it without her. It's still a bit difficult for us trying to do it without her. But, yeah, you can just tell, like, she, like, I think, you know, last fourth, seven, eight months of her, like, life, she was just getting, like, less motivated but she was like kind of documenting um all of the um like the painful memories that she went through and she'd like post it a lot so you can tell what she was trying to do but I think as time got closer to her death it was physically getting harder for her to kind of do it um yeah then yeah it's just led to this like point today it's just it's hard to kind of like describe the experience to someone if someone is diagnosed with a disability they're getting like two conditions like mental health and the disability uh, it gets hard to take at times yeah yeah what advice would you give to anyone who's been diagnosed with um invisible illness or condition yeah. what do you think they can do and anyone who's actually caring for someone as well um i think social media is really like is is such like a massive tool in terms of what you can do with it. I think from Sarah's experience, we kind of like we started after her death, where I say if someone has been diagnosed like at a younger age, just kind of like document what they're kind of going through, and with the right people, they will receive like the correct support. Because I can imagine if you're being like a really lonely place. Um, like especially like at first like if you look at our Asian background it's impossible to talk to people 
of our of our relatives. So, um, yeah. so I'd honestly recommend just to kind of like try and just get yourself out there in, in social media. Uh, you'll connect with the right people, and they'll just give you that little boost what you like, won't get from other people because it is is really difficult to explain to someone who uh, doesn't have an invisible illness whereas if you connect to someone who has an invisible illness it's kind of relatable so it kind of like helps one another definitely I've definitely joined lots of groups where I've just got a coffee and that person's got a coffee zoom chat and it's like I can't get out of bed too oh yeah whereas other people will be like oh it's been three days he's he's still in bed all right no I was tired once as well and you're just like it's energy to explain it so yeah well done for raising awareness is there anything else you would like to share before we wrap up top of my head we'll just um try and like support each other like content creators who's trying to do the same message because you see a lot of people who are reaching success with it because I, I don't know if you've heard, there's a person called like chronically Jenny. Um, she has a form of EDS and she's like got a huge following. So yeah, just kind of keep each other in contact. Then it will just like, help one another grow. And where can people find out more about the foundation that you've built for Sarah? Um, yeah, we have a like, brief explanation um, on the actual account. Uh, we have a GoFundMe link as well, trying to like raise money to help families with uh, hidden disabilities. And that's got more of a backstory. But I feel like as um, we get closer to her one year death anniversary, there will be more in terms of um, like what we're trying to do and why. But um, in terms of the story in general, um, it's uh, we've got it on our social media accounts and it's on, on my TikTok as well. I'll link them in the podcast so people can have a look. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.